Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Mark Kumar Show. In case this is the first time you're tuning in, my name is Mark Kumar. I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur. I help entrepreneurs create online businesses where they are profitable businesses. And today's show, we're going to be talking to Sherry, who is an event organizer, but she's just not any your ordinary event organizer. She has helped people like Russell Brunson, Dan Kennedy, and other big names. And in today's show, she's gonna share with you exact blueprint that you would need to take to run a successful live event like Russell Brunson, like Dan Kennedy, and other big names. If that is something you are remotely are thinking about or wanted to know or curiosity about, like, hey, if I ever were to run a live event, what things do I need to know? How does Russell or Dan Kennedy run their live events? So this is the information you're gonna get in today's podcast. I'm really excited, as you can tell, and by the time you're done listening to this, you're gonna be super excited, and you know exactly what you need to do to run a live event show whenever you're ready. So without any further ado, here comes Sherry. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, my name is Sherry Sokolowski with SLS Event Planning and Consulting, and I am what you call a strategic event planner. And what that means is I help people who run businesses, entrepreneurs, small business, medium, large size business owners to strategically plan ways to get out in front of their community. Uh, mainly, my, my big goal has been for 15 years of doing events through live events. But right now, with where we're going with the COVID-19, live events are on hold. So we're talking strategies on other ways to stay out in front of your audience. So that's, that's kind of what my niche is, is I love people to use the opportunity to use events, whether they're live or virtual, to build their business and their brand so that they can stay out in front of their community and continue to serve. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. So how did you get into this kind of business? Is there something that inspired you? Like, I'm really good at this and I want to get to this. Like, what inspired you? That's a great question. Yeah, back in 2005, I started working for a gentleman named Bill Glazer, who owned Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle, formerly GKIC, where Bill Glazer and Dan Kennedy ran those big events. And I was his executive assistant. And very quickly, after starting to work for him as his executive assistant, he needed me to start running their events. And I never knew how to run marketing events before. So be the teacher that he is, he hired another planner and said, your job is to teach Sherry how to do the logistics of running an event. And so I learned hands-on. And I had a great time doing it because for those seven-plus years of working with Bill, I was able to learn from him and other marketing gurus in the industry like Ryan Dice and Russell Brunson because they were all part of his mastermind groups. And then hearing other gurus speak from stage, I got to learn a lot of business plans and marketing tactics and great ways to get your brand and build your business. And then I also learned, of course, the logistics. So a quick jump front to the future in 2011 when he sold the business. I really didn't like the way things were going and I was I was very frustrated and didn't know what to do and my husband said to me Sherry you've been doing event planning for over seven eight years you've got relationships why don't you start your own business so that's what I did and I had the opportunity of continuing my relationships that I've built and people who followed me and knew what I did for Bill for GKSC they're like can you do my events and that's what I've been doing now for eight years 
Oh, wow. That's, wow, that's great. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about your first event that you organized for somebody else? How, how was that experience on your own, meaning as an entrepreneur, as your own business, self-business self owner, as compared to you working with somebody else? How, how was that journey? Oh, that, oh, that's a great question. No one's asked me that before. I love the answer to that. Yes. So uh, Brittany Lynch was my first client that I worked with as soon as I left. GKIC and, and did her event live. Actually, Brian Dyson TNC was my first one, but we didn't do his event yet. I did Britney's first. And the huge adjustment for me in that journey was realizing that I no longer could control everything like I did when I was at GKIC. So when I did GKIC events, I was kind of like the colonel, if you would, the manager of all of it and I had a team. And I was able to control every single step of the way with Bill. But when I went out on my own and was working and doing work for clients and they said, Sherry, I need your help to do X, Y, and Z. And I would consult with them and I'd do the planning, I'd do the managing, but essentially it was their event. So it was a little bit of a test, if you will, of trying to figure out the best way to help them so that they have the most success out of the event when I'm not really controlling and managing their physical team so it was a little right. bit of an adjustment there right I could, yeah exactly it's like going from like like you said the whole thing and then controlling a little bit all right yeah. cool so so far up until now what has been your greatest uh thing you can call it that you like i love doing one thing that you that's your favorite that you like i love it about event planning Yes. My one favorite thing that I love doing uh, is helping people who haven't done an event before or done them and they weren't so successful is strategizing and finding a great way to make it the best experience possible for the attendees as well as setting them up for the best success possible in doing the event. So that's the fun part for me. You know, I could do all of the other parts and pieces, but really strategizing and planning it out, taking their vision of what they want, or even helping them map out their vision, like what their purpose is, right. and just really digging and diving deep into that so that as they're doing it, it's not just a one and done event, it's an event that's gonna be successful then and then continue to grow their business after. Great, let's deep dive into that, piggyback on what you just said. So <laughs> who, who would be your ideal client that you would absolutely love to work with? Oh, okay, my avatar. My avatar is a business owner who has a product or service that can then help their community. So if they're a leader or wanna be a leader, in their industry where they want to get out in front and let them know I have something that can help you grow your business or even grow their own tribe. Okay. Those are the people that I love to work with. And it could be of any walks of life. I've worked with lawyers, doctors, dentists, chiropractors, digital marketers, uh, women only branded businesses, coaches, consultants, um, feel good kind of uh, type of events. The whole commonality is they all want to come there because they have of a like mind need of wanting to better themselves and their business. So that's kind of who my avatar is, is someone who wants to serve their community because they want to be the industry leader within that community. Gotcha. That's great. Have you ever worked with somebody who has a good community, but mm -hmm. they never actually did a live event? Have you worked with any, somebody like that? Yes. Yeah, I have. That's kind of a, a, a handful of who my favorite clients are, are too, because okay. they, 
I get to really help them walk through the spot, the process from A to Z completely, because with those kinds of people, they don't really know what they don't know, you know, right. and, and, and that's, that's the hardest part for them is they, they know they want to do a live event to serve their community, but they've never done one before. They don't even know where to start. And uh, so, yes, I have worked with a great many of clients over the years, the, the eight plus years of my own business, I've worked with over 40 clients right. and have done uh, probably a couple of hundred events during that time. So yes, I have walked people through that. Can you give an example? Let's just do a case study here. Let's say if I come to you sure. and I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur and I wanna do a live event, but I don't know what I'm doing. So yeah. how would you guide me? First, I would start off with the methodology of what is your purpose okay. of wanting to have the event, right? So you, it's like anything in your business. Live events is just another marketing strategy to build your brand and your business to make yourself known, right? right. So, and it's honestly, my, my thought is live events are the very best way to do it because it's a great way to get out in front of them and to build trust immediately, especially to sell something to them because they get to meet and greet you. So we would talk through what that purpose is. And I would say, Mark, what's your purpose of wanting to do a live event? And you may not exactly understand it. Just like when you're trying to plan out your five-year plan or your business plan, you, you right. may not understand what it is you want. So we dive deep into that. And I said, okay, well, let's talk through. What do you do? How do you serve your community now? What is a great way that you can kind of upscale that service to your community? What kind of offer can you can you put out there in front of your community and what kind of services and products that you may or may not have in the works now, but could get into the works once you get in front of these people at a live event. So we, we talk through that. And then the other part of that mythology is what is the outcome? So you, we figure out what your purpose is of doing the event. And then we're like, okay, let's look into the future of after the event is done, what, do you want that end result to look like? And we do that because we want to make sure that the beginning part, your why and your purpose matches your outcome so that everything in between are the right pieces to that puzzle. And all, you know, it's your content, it's your topics, it's your themes, it's who your speakers are going to be. It's probably even where you want to host the event, what time of year you want to host it. So having that beginning and end will help make all of the middle pieces go so well and make it a success okay that, that's a great blueprint so okay let me think about this so i, I we have this initial discussion right so yeah. what will be the next phase so now 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 i know a little bit about how you work this is what all the things you would need so after yeah. you, i have given you all these things then what's the next phase will be for you as an event planner mm-hmm the next phase would be as we're figuring all of this out, and I'm glad you brought this up because right now I have a program that is an eight-step program where people who, just like this question is perfect for, where they know they want to do an event, but they really have no idea where to begin, and we walk through this eight-step program, and we get together either once or twice a week, whatever is most convenient for their schedule, and we go through at least one to two particular topics that talks about how to put an event together from A to Z. And then the next level is a 12-step program where it's not just about doing events successfully, but it's about how you maximize the most profit out of the event. Um, so as we're going through these steps, we're talking about, we're figuring out, again, your purpose and your outcome. We figure out, okay, 
what kind of event. See, there's other formulas within the mythology that we got to think about. Do we want it to be a workshop where you're teaching them and you're diving deep into what you do for them? Do you want it to be a boot camp where you're taking something that they've already purchased and going into it a little bit deeper? Or is it just going to be a typical conference where they come and they learn about a particular subject matter and you're teaching many different content speakers yourself, someone else, and we work through what that agenda looks like. We talk about what your offer could be. And as we're doing all of this, we're figuring out how much time you need to market it, right? So it's, it's a matter of, I have people ask me that before. It's like, I want to have an event. I want to have it in three months. Can it be done? Well, yes, but I have questions. How much of a response do you have from your list now? How many people do you have on your list? How big do you want the event to be? And how, how, what are your offers to them now? What is their call to action to work with you now? And do you already have engagement with them where they have to say yes or no to you? And those things will help me determine my best suggestion to you on how soon we should be booking the event. Right. It could, it, yeah, you might want it in three weeks, three months, but we may want to do it so that it's more successful to have you do it in six months from now. Or let's say we want to plan out a very successful event for a year from now. Do we have to wait to get started? The answer is definitely not because right now you want to take advantage of that time and really plan it out so that it really ties in to what you're doing and finding new ways to interact and stay in touch with your audience during that time period so that when you start marketing, they really want to say yes because you've already been touching them and teaching them. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to tell you, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and all the podcasts that you have listened to it. If you truly enjoyed what you were listening to it, make sure you click the subscribe button wherever you're listening to it. And also, I have a something special that I want to offer to you that is truly going to help you take your business to a 10x level. If that's something you're interested in, make sure you go to markkumar.com forward slash gift. Once again, the URL is markkumar.com forward slash gift. And in there, I have something that I really truly believe is going to help you go take your business to the next level a lot faster. Now, back to your episode. All these years that you have been working on these different events and planning and all that stuff, what were some of the, let's say, a trend, if you will, that you notice like it works no matter if you do X, Y, and Z, it will always guarantee there will be a successful event. Has there any been a trend that you noticed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the trend is the experience. Okay. So if you give the attendees the best experience possible, then they're going to remember that experience and they're going to tie it back to you if you market it and do it properly. So the experience is the networking opportunities and abilities that they have during your event. And that is making sure that you have some sort of networking reception during your event. Even if it's only a one-day event, give them an opportunity to network. That could be if it's a one-day event that you're doing because you only want to try start off small scale, then do a welcome reception as they're registering. Or give an opportunity during lunch where they get to network or at the end of the day, 
have a cocktail reception with everyone so that they can say hi, exchange numbers, contact information, because believe it or not, and I was just talking about this with another group earlier today, that's what people want the most. When they go to events, and I'll tell you another trend in a moment, but when they go to events, most of the time they're looking to buy the recordings of the events so that they can be out in the hallways networking and making deals because that's where they make their money. Because they know other people of like mind are successful people of like mind are going to these events too and they want to do business with them. And you're not going to be able to get that in any other format. So that's, that's a trend is networking. The other trend is definitely making sure that you invest the money to record your events so that you can make that possible as well as utilize those recordings for future growth opportunities. Okay. That's, that's great, a great idea and a great tip, definitely. Mm -hmm. And let me see, I have never done a live event before, so I'm like a great case study <laughs> for you. <laughs> so it's like, okay, now my wheels are turning. Like, okay, if I were to do my own real, my own live event, what kind of questions would I be listening to? And people who are listening to this particular podcast, they'll also be like, hey, I'm interested in that. And then before we go any further, where can people find you if online or wherever else? If you could share your URL or platform anywhere where they can reach out to you. Absolutely. So I have a YouTube channel as well. SLS Event Planning is my YouTube channel. Uh, they could go to my website, sleseventplanning.com. And uh, there's lots of information on there. I'm continually adding content to both my YouTube channel and website. And if they are like yourself, someone who's never done a live event and they're curious to want to know if it's right for them, then they can always fill out. There's a tab on there that says, let's get started. Um, or let's contact each other. And you just fill out your information. And then I, we will schedule a 30-minute discovery call. And I will talk through it with you and ask you, basically, we would go through the first step, which is, what's your purpose? You know, why do you have this curiosity of a live event? And we'll discover together if it's something that is right for you now or could be something for you down the road. And how, what plans and strategies can we put into place now to get you the most success for when the time happens down the road? Okay. So... That's great, and I will definitely put those all those uh, URL and YouTube channel in the show notes as well. So the question, the next question that I have is, let's say if I'm very small, I've never done this event before, mm -hmm. what is the bare minimum at first? Let's just say if I want to have my, if my goal is like, if I can have 100 people at an event, that would be huge. Some right. people like might be like, hey, if I have a 10 people, I'd be huge. But those 10 people are very targeted. So is there a golden number that like if you get this many people, that would be a great success or it varies, obviously? Or what are your thoughts? Uh, yes, uh, there really isn't a golden number because it's all based on what your purpose and your outcome is. So I've had very successful events with clients over the years where they had made not even 10 people in the room, but it was a high-end event. So they were there. They spent thousands upon th thousands, even 10,000s to be in that room, to be with other high-end people, to learn fantastic content that they wouldn't be able to learn otherwise because they're being taught hands-on right there live. So a lot of people will say, you know, I'll, it's a question that has to be asked, how many people do you plan to have at the event so that we know how to plan it out? And like you said, is 100 needed? No, it's not needed. 
what is needed is to think again through your purpose of having the event because you don't want to be spinning your wheels and spending unnecessary money in your budget on something that's not needed to make it successful. If your goal, that outcome, is to build your tribe or to launch a product or service successfully, which most of the time that's why live events happen, then you just need to, again, using your words a few moments ago, target your market properly and make sure you get the right people in the room. Because if, even if your goal is to have, I want to have as many people in the room as I can, but half of those people are not qualified buyers or not the right target, then quite a few negative things could happen. We all know it only takes one negative Nancy to really hurt what's happening in the room, right? I mean, just look at what's happening right now in our world, all the negativity that's happening. You know, you want to have as much positive in the room as possible. So just focus on the content, focus on your purpose and what you want that outcome to look like, and then mold everything else around that so that it's a perfect fit. Okay, great. And just out of curiosity, when you do this event planning, and if it's at a physical location, obviously that's why you're doing the event planning. Are you there at the day of the event or you just plan it? And how does that work for you and the service that you provide? Yeah, I, my services are very customizable. So whatever my clients' needs are, we can make happen. Uh, it all is based upon their budget as well. So if a client needs me to do A to Z, help them plan it, find the location, talk strategy, work through everything, connect them with marketers, copywriters, graphic designers, you know, AV, things like that. I can make all of those connections happen. And I can be on site to manage all the details. I can choreograph the event for them. I can work with the AV and the speakers to make sure everything goes smoothly and on time. If they don't have enough staff to, uh, to take the rest of the staffing needs on, then I can help make that happen too with the right staff because it's all about the purpose, why you're having it, and the outcome. And then let's talk about what is needed to make it happen. So it's just all based on what my clients' needs are that's why I'm, that's what I can do for them. Right. So that's that's great. And let's say, if, hypothetically speaking, if I were to run an event and I don't know what I'm doing, and what would be the typical or average cost that will cost me to run the whole event, now, excluding your service feed, not even including mm -hmm. that, just in general. Let's say it's at a summer hotel room, and then how much would I be expected to pay for the whole thing? Not including your service fee, just for itself. Right. Okay. Uh, great question. And I get that question asked a lot. And again, it goes back to me asking questions. So it all right. depends on these following things. It depends on the number of days, okay. right? Because I, I said earlier on that the biggest thing that you know you, you want to make sure you do is spend the money on audiovisuals to make sure you record the event. A lot of people, especially if... Uh, a lot of your people listening are podcasters themselves and they may already have AV equipment. They're like, well, I can bring my own and such. Live events are so completely different from virtual and so completely different from you conducting your own video recordings in your studio because you're dealing with all the possibilities of what could happen live. So you need to make sure you have plenty of microphones for however many speakers you're having. You don't need to have one for every single one. It's not everyone speaking at the same time. But if you're going to have audience interaction, you're going to need to have handhelds for that. Um, you need to make sure that you have uh, proper speakers in the room so people can hear because you don't want it to sound 
very muffled or people can't hear you, then they're going to leave and then you're going to have bad reviews. So set yourself up for success. You don't have to spend a lot of money on AV. You just have to know who to hire and what you need from them to make it happen. So you have screens. If you're just going to be speaking and you're not going to need to worry about PowerPoints and things like that, then you just need sound. But if you're going to have presentations, then you will need at least one screen. My suggestion is anything above 500, like I would say somewhere between four, about 350 to 400 is the sweet spot of doing more than one screen. Anything below 300, you could probably get away with one large screen in the room if you want to keep your costs down, but you need a screen and a projector. Um, ideally, you're going to want pipe and drape, the black pipe and drape that you typically see from stage with maybe some up lights to give the look of the room, um, to make it look nice, right? So it doesn't look like you just threw something together. So typical costs are for AV, if your event is more than one day, if it's two to three days, you can typically get away with those basic needs of anywhere from 10 to 15,000 or more. And that is doing the video recording as well as providing the sound and having a professional tech, usually one to two, maybe even three on hand. If you are like, oh, that's a lot of money, think about what could happen if you don't have it. Let's say something awesome happens from stage, especially if you're gonna have a really great speaker there beside yourself or in addition to yourself. Right. And they're speaking from stage and you don't have the right sound and you're not recording it. That is missed opportunity right there. Uh, so, so think about what could, what could cost you if you don't spend that money. Um, venue will also determine how much money I always try to get my guests, my, my clients not to pay rental, but instead give the, the venue typically a hotel revenue in another way through what they call food and beverage or F and B. Because then you're getting something else in return. You're being able to give your attendees an experience, right? Going back to that trend setting experience through providing food and beverage. Now, you don't have to feed them meals every day, but providing them coffee so that they don't have to go wait in line to get coffee and they could get back into your room faster. It also gives them networking opportunities. So having coffee on breaks, having a little reception with maybe um, a drink or some food gives them that experience and you're giving the hotel that you're booking this at revenue to get the space. So typically that will be anywhere from the low end that I'm usually able to negotiate is around 70 something dollars a head upwards to double that. Usually they're looking for anywhere from 125 to 150 a head, but that's if you're work, not working with a professional who can negotiate on your behalf to do better. So it, it really just depends, again, on the number of days that you do it. Um, the, the money that you get from ticket sales is where your money should help you make the covering the cost of the event, right? Because people are wondering, they always go to an event and they're sitting back and they're counting the heads and they're remembering how much they paid and they're like, oh man, this promoter is making out big time. How many people are in the room? And then they think I could do that. No, typically the ticket cost is what helps cover your cost. Doesn't mean it's always going to, but it's there to help you. Okay, that's, that's great strategy. 
Wow, I didn't know all of that. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Like, because yes. obviously we watched Russell Brunson, Dan Kennedy, everything else, and, yes. and all of those guys. And the back inside, no one really thinks about it. So it's like, okay, wow, that's a really great insight. And speaking of Russell Brunson and Dan Kennedy, uh, what are some of the important lessons have you learned from them working personally with them? Yes. Uh, the lessons that I've learned personally working with them is knowing what their needs are early on, right? Um, you know, finding out 100%, and again, this is where the conversation of the purpose with pur no purpose comes into play, is if you specifically want, here's a great example, right? I've had, there's been a lot of lessons, and I always learned, no matter, I've been doing event planning for 15 years, but I learned lessons every single time. If we don't learn then what does that say about ourselves, right? Uh, so I'm always learning. And if it's not based on lessons, it's just about what someone else is doing that might be better than what I'm doing. So I'm always, I'm always looking out to see what everyone else is doing. So the lessons that I've learned are finding out again what my host, because now that I work, do work client work and not work for GKSC, what does my host want? What does my client want for their event? Do they want to have, here's an example, do they want to have everybody in the room access to Wi-Fi? Are they going to be teaching? Again, going back to the formula of what kind of event is this? If it's some sort of workshop or boot camp where they're going to need to be on their computers, you're going to want to make sure everyone has access to Wi-Fi. Right. Uh, believe it or not, even though all of us have data on our phones, when you go to someone's event, so many people are like, I'm not using my own data. I want to use your Wi-Fi. So, you know, keeping that in mind, if that's so important to my client, I want to make sure of that. And here's why. When you're negotiating with a venue, you want to ask for as much as you can up front that you know is going to cost you in the end. Because if you don't ask it during negotiation time, you're going to pay for it when it comes time for the event. And everything costs money. So that much, as much as you can ask and negotiate prior to, and have a professional on your side know what to ask and what to look for in a contract will help you in the long run. Um, so, so that's definitely one lesson. Um, and, and a lot of the lessons really come into play on what to look for in a contract with a venue uh, because usually someone who hasn't, especially people who haven't done events before, don't know what to look for in a contract. And there could be hidden fees in there that you don't even know or pick up because of the way it's worded. And come time for you to get there a couple of months out and do the planning with the hotel. They're like, oh, yeah, you owe us this. And you're like, what? And if you didn't expect that, that's a huge hit to your budget. Yes, definitely. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially if you have, a, like a, let's say, it was the first time doing it and you get this money. You think you're doing great and you yes. made some sales after that. And then by the time you get those hidden fees and the money that you made is gone. So you have you pretty much just balanced out like wow okay. exactly exactly and if you don't have someone to you to help you talk strategy with that then there's like no way for you to help recover uh, one of the biggest biggest lessons that i had when i first started out as my own company eight years ago was um with with an event that i had done and i was doing it in know your city too right so i was going into a new city that i hadn't planned before and the sales rep, see, not everyone at the hotels and the venues you work with know everything that they need to know either. Here's what I mean. 
So the sales rep, I'm talking through and I'm like, okay, are there going to be, can I bring in our own audiovisual team, our own AV team in here? Because almost all my clients want to bring in their own team because they know their services. They know what the event's going to be like. And they're like, oh yeah, you can bring in your own, no problem. And I'm like, okay. So we work out all the things. And then about three or four months before the event actually happens, we're getting into the planning phases with our AV team. And they call me up and they say, well, Sherry, you're going to have to pay union fees. We're going to have to have union labor. And I'm like, what? Because I didn't know, like I knew, I knew Las Vegas was union. I knew downtown Chicago was union. I knew a handful of cities that were union that I knew specifically to either avoid or work around or at least let my client know. But this city that I was in, which was San Francisco, I didn't know. And the sales rep apparently didn't know because when I called her up, I'm like, hey, you told me I could bring in my own AV team. She goes, well, you can. What's the problem? I'm like, your catering people are telling me I have to use your union labor. She goes, well, they didn't tell me that. <laughs> right? And I'm like, what? So she didn't know. She was uneducated. And that cost my client tens of thousands because unions are high, especially if you're if you have long days and you got multiple days. So what we did is we're like, okay, none of us knew, lesson learned. Here's what we're gonna do. And they came up with a strategy to cover their costs. They introduced live streaming. This was several years, it was eight years ago. So live streaming was sort of kind of new. They didn't live stream the whole event, but they live streamed most of it and sold tickets for it. So it was kind of a plus for them. It was a huge lesson and a hit to their budget, but they found a way to make up for it because they were able to strategize and come up with a plan to cover it. But yeah, that was like, oh, ever since then, I have in my, my request for proposals to hotels, big, large, highlight, big fonts, bold it. If you're a union, you need to tell me now. And I've got clauses in to protect my clients. And it has done me well. So a lesson learned for me and a client eight years ago has now helped all of my clients ever since then save thousands upon thousands of dollars. Wow. I mean, that's just huge. Like yes. <laughs> <laughs> a small hiccup and that can really hurt your budget or your profit margin from that point of view. All right. Exactly. Wow. That's crazy. So what I want to ask you next is just a little bit on the personal development side. So let's say if you were to start off five years in the past, like the young Sherry who wants to get in where you are now, what advice would you give her to say, hey, do this, 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 and that's going to help you get to where I am a lot faster? Oh, that's great advice. Uh, and it's actually something that I'm experiencing right now. So when I first started out eight years ago, I was very blessed because I immediately started getting clients and customers and I didn't have to market. I had referrals is where my business came from because of the great fortune I had of, of the community I was in and I would continuously have referrals, but I was always getting new people reaching out and asking me about it. And I didn't do any sort of lead capture or ways to stay in contact with those people. I just kind of kept them in the back burner and never really did anything with them because I was the solopreneur and I was busy working in my business instead of on it. So for anyone who's listening to give that advice to is as you're building, don't miss on opportunities of creation, right? So schedule time to do creation for your business so that in times like what we are in right now with COVID-19, 
where live events, unfortunately, are on hold, I am now producing and creating online services, and digital marketing areas where I can be out there reaching people and helping people strategize because I cannot be on site doing live events right now because they can't happen. So I'm, I'm doing that. If I had those things in place years ago, I would just be focusing on that and they would already be in the, in the, in the works. But right now I'm creating them and getting them out there. So if I, if I were looking back five years ago, Sherry, create, do content creation, be, have a digital online presence and stay in communication with people and, and keep them kind of on the forefront so that they know you're still there. Okay, that's great advice. So if we go five years in the future, what advice would you give Sherry? Like, hey, where you are right here, but in order for you to get to where you want to go, which is right here, what, what do I need to do? Keep doing it. Yes. Or, or, or better yet, what, if, what, what is your goal to, that you want to reach in five years from now? My goal five years from now is to have a huge online presence um, so that I can have a very sustainable event, strategic event planning business, creating teams so that, um, you know, every year, like I, I did Russell Brunson's Funnel Hacking Live for the first four, four to five years. And then he got huge to where he needed a larger company that I could not support him. So if I have a team, then I wouldn't have lost a client like that. I mean, I could have still. But who knows? So if I have a team, so five years, actually, I want to say two and a half years from now, two years from now, I hope to have a team to support that. So that, as I said, when I first came out eight years ago with, with Brittany and her team, I wouldn't have had to rely on her team. I could go in and say, hey, I've got my own team. They're going to take care of everything. Here's what we're going to do for you. Doesn't mean people have to hire me specifically for that. They could still use their own staff. But that's kind of what my goal is, is to have many more options for people to choose me and my company for instead of what they've been doing for the last eight years. Awesome. Okay. That's great to know. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And what is your primary social media platform that you are like, this is the best one that's working for you right now? For me has always been Facebook. Uh, mainly because that's where a lot of people know me. Like I have an SLS event planning Facebook page, but I also have my personal one. And so whenever I'm at events, I'm always posting in my personal page of where I am and what I'm doing and who I'm with. Um, but also um, uh, YouTube has also been really good for me. I just haven't promoted it a whole lot, um, which I am doing now because it's an option for an, an area for me to really give a lot of great content for people who are looking for help. Awesome. Thank you. And Sherry, so far, it has been a great pleasure. Once again, if you could share with my audience where they can get in more in touch with you when this whole COVID-19 is done and they want to host their own live event, how can they get in touch with you? Thanks, Mark. It's been great. Yes, they can email me again at Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I-E, at S as in Sherry, L as in Larry, S as in Sherry, event planning.com or they can go to www.sleseventplanning.com um, what i do want to let people know though is even though we're on hold right now with live events i am going to have a, a free report on my website 
that talks about seven critical ways to stay connected in the times of crisis, because that's the most important thing any of us can do right now is to stay connected to our tribe, to let the people know in our industry that we're still here, we still care, we still have information to share with them and to help them through this, and also to give back. And that's what I'm working with my clients on right now. Uh, yeah, we can't have our live events right now. And quite honestly, we don't know exactly when we'll be able to have them. But we still have ways to stay in touch. And we can strategize, talk about that, and get things in the works. Because when this does happen, my goodness, people are going to be antsed to get out there because they've got cabin fever right now. And they're like, I can't wait to get out again. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. So when they are ready to go out, when they want to have a live event, definitely go check out uh, Sherry. And I will definitely put all your links in the show notes and as well as your YouTube channel. If you want to, I can put it in the Facebook chill URL as well. You can just email right. it to me and I'll put it right in there. And Perfect. thank you so much for taking the time and your busy schedule, especially during this time, you know, and this time of the frame where we are right now. So thank you so much for taking the time to being on my show. I really appreciate it. Any last or parting words that you would like to share the stage is all yours. Oh, thanks, Mark. Yeah, uh, I just want to say thank you again to you for having me. And again, for those of you out there listening, stay safe. Uh, know that we are all in this together. And if I can be of any help to you to strategize and figure out how to get through this to stay uh, relevant to your to your tribe, you know, stay out there in front of them, and you're just not sure how to do it because you haven't done it before, let me know. I can certainly help out with that too. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to tell you thank you so much for listening to this podcast and all the podcasts that you have listened to it. If you truly enjoyed what you were listening to it, make sure you click that subscribe button wherever you're listening to it. And also, I have a something special that I want to offer to you that is truly going to help you take your business to a 10x level. If that's something you're interested in, make sure you go to Mark Kumar dot com forward slash gift once again the url is mark kumar dot com forward slash gift and in there i have something that i really truly believe is going to help you go take your business to the next level a lot faster now back to your episode 